0: Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Alive Church Orange County. To find out more information about Alive Church, please visit AliveChurchoC.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform by typing in Alive Church OC. So today I want to talk to you about blind Bartimaeus throwing off your old cloak. I was reading in Mark 10, verse 46. It says, then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of them people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. See, Jericho, I'll start unpacking the, the scripture, but Jericho is a place just right out of, uh, outside of Jerusalem, east of Jerusalem. It is not a very nice place. Remember, the, um, the Israelites crossed over Jordan, went into Jericho, the walls came tumbling down, but because there was so much depravity, God cursed it never to be rebuilt again. There was so much sin in this in this town. And um, yeah, it was known for its sinfulness. But here is Jericho, and there's a man, Bartimaeus. So it's very significant when God puts a name on something, right? Because many times there's a miracle, or the, the woman with a, a t- um, 12 years of the issues of blood, and then... Um, the men who got uh, God healed, there's not always names to it. But here, the Bible states his name twice. It says Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. So, Bar, Timaeus means son of Timaeus. Bar is a son. So he's saying, son of Timaeus, son of Timaeus. So we know he's a beggar, we know he's blind, but what does his ma- name mean? It means, in the Hebrew, it means to be unclean, to be impure, to be defiled. But in the Greek, it means highly praised. So I'm not going to go into that. You guys can nibble on that for a little bit yourselves. But Bartimaeus is sitting outside on the road. When he heard the crowd, he started to cry out. Sitting on the side of the road, begging, asking for palms, asking for charity, he, see, he knows a lot of people constantly passing by this road. Because in the one, one verse, it says, in the, on the highway. So it's on the main road. So people are traveling from the Galilee, going through Jericho, going to Jerusalem. So he hears people coming. I'm sure there many times there were crowds. But this time, there was something different in those crowds. He sensed there was difference. He sensed the presence of Jesus. And he started to cry out. He started to say, Jesus, Savior, Yeshua, which means Redeemer, Messiah, Salvation, Redemption, Deliverance. He starts to say, Jesus. And then he starts to say, Son of David. Now, in Matthew 1, the very, very first verse in Matthew 1, and always pay attention to details. Matthew 1 verse five introduces Jesus, and he says, and this is the genealogy of Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abram. He recognizes, he perceives, he feels. You can't see, but he perceives in his spirit. This is the son of David. This is royalty. This is king of kings. This is the son of God. And he starts to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have chesed is that word. Chesed means charity. Have mercy, have favor, have grace on me. But the people start to shout and they say, be quiet. Shut up. Hold your peace. So in our family, we're not allowed to say shut up. So I thought my dolls another word. I told them, sheket. It. Sheket it is a Hebrew word for silence. So it has the same strength, shek it. But then you say, "Ezra, a shek it. What a peace, what a silence, right? But sheket, be quiet, shut up. Don't disturb him because they see the beggar here. And you have to love the disciples. Just right in the beginning of that same passage, Jesus is so annoyed at them, so upset with them, he's really mad at them, and he rebukes them, and he says, because the people are bringing the little children to Jesus, and they're like, Jesus doesn't have time for children, just take them away. And Jesus says, stop, don't push them away, don't shove them away, because it's children that come to me, theirs is the kingdom of heaven as well, yeah. Yeah. but they see." Blind Bartimaeus, a beggar, a low life, begging for money. He's not worthy of Jesus' attention. Right there, Jesus was before Jesus was teaching them the lowliest will always be the greatest. But yet they still see Bartimaeus unworthy. ...to come into the presence of Jesus. And they say, shut up. Be quiet. But he only shouted louder. See, there was awakening in his spirit. His spirit started to come alive... ...in the presence of Jesus. He started to cry out. He recognized something. His cries penetrated heaven. It grabbed the attention of Jesus... he was crying out to Jesus to his true identity and that's what caught Jesus attention see he wasn't crying out the one who had the miracles the one who multiplied the fish and the bread the one who let the lame man walk the one who t- changed the to the the water and the wine my daughter just told me the story of i think he, and they said talking about the demigods and not allowed to have wine. And then the guy who had the water, he said, oh, but there was Jesus who turned the water into wine. He must have been a real God, you know? But he turned the, so Jesus wasn't, Bartimaeus wasn't calling out to Jesus, the one who did these miracles. He was calling out to who Jesus truly was, the son of God the son of David, the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer. And Jesus stopped and he noticed him. And he said, come. And he said, call him to me. And they said, come, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside the cloak, he jumped up. And Jesus said, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do for you? And he said, my rabbi, my teacher, I want to see. You see, there's a progression here, where Bartimaeus first addresses Jesus as his Messiah, as his Savior, as his Redeemer, but now he addresses Jesus as my teacher, my Lord, I want to see. Rabbi means my teacher. It means a master at the highest level. More than his desire to see uh, naturally, he wanted to see spiritually. More than his desire to know Jesus as his Savior, he wanted to know Jesus as his teacher. He wanted to be a follower of Jesus. He progressed from Savior to Jesus, you are my Lord. He said, Jesus, yes, I want to see, but I, want to, I have to be able to see you in order to follow you. He didn't want to keep Jesus as his savior, but he wanted to bring Jesus into his life as his Lord, as his teacher The one who instructs him, the one who leads him, the one who teaches him. See, throwing aside his cloak really caught my attention. What is it about this cloak? See, this cloak identified Bartimaeus. See, it gave him identity that he was a beggar. He had to, in order to wear, in order to beg, he had to have a beggar's cloak. See, if he was begging without a cloak, he could have been arrested, even killed. So it gave him an identity. I am a beggar. It gave him an authority, it gave him the authority to beg. So you had to get authority from the the city of Jericho, the council of of Jericho, in order you had to get permission. And when they give you the authority to beg, they put this cloak on you, and you're allowed to beg. It gave him security. In the in Deuteronomy it says, if your neighbor is poor and gives you his cloak as security for a loan, do not keep the cloak overnight. Return the cloak to its owner by sunset so, you, so he can stay warm through the night and bless you. And the Lord your God will count you as righteous. So the cloak was so valuable that he could use it as a security for a loan. It gave him warmth. It was made out of wool. At night, they needed that cloak to keep them warm. It gave him financial income. This is the only way he could make money. He was blind. He didn't have any other traits. He couldn't learn. He couldn't read. So, all he knew, all he could do to sustain himself was to beg. This must have been the most valuable thing that Bartimaeus had. It was his warmth, it was his security, it was his financial income, it was everything that he had. Without that coat, he was nothing. See, taking off the beggar's coat, he made a literal decision to no longer will he rely on the things that he relied on before he met Jesus. He wasn't going to rely on those things. He was going to rely on Jesus. He had so much faith that Jesus was going to heal him. He risked Taking off that coat, throwing it aside, trusting Jesus for more. Because once he threw off that cloak, he no more had the ability and the authority to beg. He stepped out in faith, trusting that Jesus would heal him. See, he threw aside that which had defined him. This cloak defined who he was. He threw it off. He divorced himself from it. He divorced himself from the identity that this cloak gave him, and he put on the identity of a disciple of Jesus Christ. He put on the identity that I'm now a son of God, and now I'm going to follow Jesus. He threw it aside. He jumped up. He ran to Jesus, and the word of God says, and he followed Jesus. He never returned. See, when we remove our garments, we have to take off the old in order to get the new. We have to take the old man off and put on the new man who God says I am. I have to first rid myself of my past. I have to take off that garment in order to be able to put on a new garment. But when we are willing to step out in faith and trust God, rely on Him wholeheartedly, He comes in and His Word says, He clothes us with His garments. See, in... Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arraigned me with a robe of righteousness. See, this is a robe of restoration, restoring me to my relationship with my heavenly Father, restoring me to a position of sonship, restoring me to a heir, an heir of the Father. This robe represents restoration. It represents God's righteousness that covers my sins. That has washed, he's washed away my sins and now he's clothed me with his righteousness. This garment uh, says, God will provide for me. It gives me his peace, it brings healing, it signifies his forgiveness, it signifies his deliverance. When I wear that garment, it's my Father's righteousness. See, Satan so many times wants to blind us, not being able to see God's cloak of righteousness on us. And so he throws out condemnations and accusations so that we, we will not see that we are in his righteousness. How many times have we have we like responded to those accusations, "Oh, you're right." But Jesus says, "No. My robe, my robe, my cloak of righteousness I have placed upon you." It restores us to a place of position as an heir of our heavenly Father. See this robe also shows the authority and the power. It represents the authority and the power that God has given to us to fulfill his work. See, when Pharaoh had put up Joseph and he said, Joseph is going to be the number two guy under me and he's going to rule and he's going to reign and he's going to make decisions in Egypt, he put on a robe, On him. He put that robe that when people saw that robe, it said, This man is a man of authority and this man is a man of power. See, that is a robe that God places upon us. And without this robe, we are nothing. We need to walk in his power, we need to walk in his authority. See, this is our inheritance. This is our legacy. This is our destiny. This is our purpose. Because when God puts that robe on us, it means that I am representing my father. When Pharaoh put that robe on Joseph, it meant I am representing Pharaoh. So when I'm walking with this robe on, I do not walk with it casually as if it is of no value. I, this is my identity. I am representing as if God is right here with you i am representing my father see jesus said i do nothing without my father doing i see my father doing it i say nothing without hearing my father say it jesus the son of god the son of david never stepped out in his own authority he was always under the authority of our Father. And that is when I put that cloak on. I am under the authority of my heavenly Father. I come under your leadership. I come under you as you are my teacher. If we do not... See, this is our confidence. And when we do not know who we truly are as sons and daughters, we will always walk in fear. We will always tread cautiously. There will not be that boldness. We will always be fearful to make a decision. See, when God calls us to do something, we do it in the confidence because it is his word I am performing. But when I'm not sure of that, when I'm not confident of that, I will step back in fear instead of stepping out in faith. But when God puts this robe on, He's placed his cloak of righteousness. He's put this robe on you. It demands a response. It demands that you do something. It demands that you come under. It demands a yieldedness. See, Bartimaeus understood that. I now am made a son of God, but now I'm going to be a follower of God. I'm going to yield. I'm going to come under. I'm going to take off my cloak and I'm going to come under. There's that verse that says, Jesus said, take my yoke upon me, upon you. Learn from me. For I am meek and lowly of heart, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, when people were, you, you think of it as an ox, but it's not an ox. When people said, whose yoke are you under? It meant whose teacher are you under? Who's your rabbi? Who's your teacher? Who are you submitted to? Who are you yielded to? It means I come under the yoke of my father. It's not a burden, but it's a responsibility. And it causes, it demands a response of yieldedness and surrender. It was the first day of our fast. It was the Monday morning. The kids had just left for school. And I sat down at the table, at the edge of the table, and I said, God, what is my word? Just casually, not even expecting him to speak immediately. But I felt this bar, this steel bar, crossing behind my shoulders. And I was like, ooh, what's that? I was like, oh, I can't really move. I can't really bend. What is that, unbendable? And I was was looking for, and it meant there's a stubbornness. That bar represented an ironclad. And I, always, I love words. You know me. i always looking up words. I'm always checking out what is this definition? What is the synonym? What is the antonym? I'm, digest, I'm dissecting what is the Hebrew. I don't understand Greek, so it's easier for me to understand the Hebrew. So I go into the, and it, was, it said the iron bar, it's, so this iron bar is reluctant. It's unwilling. It's stubborn. It's an ironclad so firm or secure as to be unbreakable, an ironclad oath. And I'm like, God, oh, you want me to yield. You want me to remove that stubbornness. You want me to yield. You want me to be flexible. You want me to bend. See, a yieldedness means Giving up control. Yeah. Yeah. See that that iron wasn't necessarily a sin. It's nothing. It's not a blatant sin that I, I necess- we necessarily are walking into. But it's another level of surrender that God is wanting us to come under. See, God wants to lead us, but are you saying how far? I'm okay for you to lead me until here, and no more. You can lead a, a horse to water, you can't make him drink, right? So Jesus can lead me to those waters, but it's up to me if I'm going to trust him to go into them. So God is saying he wants a greater level of yieldedness. He wants a, a greater level of bending coming under, allowing him to lead us. Are we willing for him to lead us? Are we live, willing to relinquish possession of our own selves? Are we re- willing to relinquish and give up control of our own things? Are you going to take off the false identity, and are you going to come under the authority and the yielding of Jesus? Are you going to allow, see, it says, Bartimaeus followed Jesus. Are you willing to follow Jesus? Are you willing for him to be Lord of your life? What is hindering you? What is stopping you from doing this? The word of God says in Hebrews 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance, a race marked for us. But if we are having these extra garments and extra cloaks and things that are hindrance, we cannot run. So God is saying, throw them off. Get rid of them. Get rid of your pride. Get rid of your own agendas. Get rid of your independence. Get rid of your rights. We always said, do, oh, do you want to be right or do you want a relationship? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you want to be stuck in your rights? This is my life. This is my right. Or do you want to surrender and have a relationship with your father? Yeah. See, God does not tell us just to give up things for the sake of giving up. He he says this because he wants you to give up everything so that the only thing that is of worth and of value to you is your life in Christ and your relationship with him. That is of utmost value and of utmost importance. And that's the only thing, if anything that I have, that's the only thing I want to be left with. But this loosening and this untying of things, only happens when you identify yourself to the death of Christ. See, it's very significant that this story took place a week before Jesus went into Jerusalem to die on the cross. See, it's when we die to ourselves, when we relinquish that we are resurrected in our true identity of Christ. We relinquish our identity, our fame, our accomplishments, everything that we've done in life. We relinquish it. We throw it aside because those are going to hinder us because we are always going to trust in that. We're going to trust in our own wisdom, but we're going to relinquish it. We're going to die to self, and we're going to resurrect in his true life. See, the word of God in Revelation says, and they loved their lives not unto death. It doesn't mean a physical death. We are not all martyrs, but it means that my life is going to die. I'm going to die to self that I can wear the cloak of my heavenly father and represent him well. When I wear this cloak, I don't take it lightly because it says I am representing my heavenly father. I'm an ambassador of my heavenly father. I yield, I die to myself. I throw off my own identity and I'm resurrected in the identity of Jesus Christ because I I identify with the life of Jesus that was totally surrendered, totally yielded, totally obedient to his heavenly father, even to the point of death. Are we willing to die to our own selves, to yield to our father? See, it's in the yielding that you healed It's coming to, it's it's soon it's it's pruning times for roses. We cut off the old dead branches so that in summer, it's gonna be beautiful roses. So when I yield myself to God, I allow him to prune me. I allow him to cut away those dead edges, areas in my life. I allow to yield to him. I yield to him so that his character can be formed in me Then I will bear fruit. I will produce fruit that is worthy of him. I yield to him and I yield fruit of righteousness. But I have to allow God to work in my life in order for me to wear his cloak well. To represent him well. What do we need to let go of? False identities, wrong mindsets, self-reliance, independence. Take off that cloak of unbelief. Take off that cloak that says you're not good enough. Hey, at least our name's not unclean, defiled. But come to him, lay lay it aside. Die to self so that you can be resurrected in Christ. Amen. See, Bartimaeus was passionate about stepping into his identity and destiny. He took everything. He took off that mantle and he t- came to Jesus and I say, he said, Jesus, you are my identity. See, people tried to shut him down, but he shouted the louder and louder and louder. He was passionate about encountering Jesus. See, I love this verse, and there's a verse that says, The the, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence taken by violence take it by force. But in the tr- uh, passion translation, this is what says, The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, it's enlarging, it's increasing, and passionate people have taken a hold of its power. Are we passionate? about taking a hold of our true identity of Christ. Or is our cry catching the attention of God? Our cry to identify him as our Lord and Father, not just Messiah, not just miracle worker, but as our Father in heaven, our Lord. Is our passion, is he hearing our intense cry? Saying, I want to be all that you have destined me to be. I don't want to be blind Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road. I want to be a son of God. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to carry the inheritance that God has given to me. I want to walk in the fullness of what you have called me to do. I want to, I don't want to be begging anymore, but I want to stand in confidence in who God has called me to be. That is my passion, more of God, a greater surrender. See, he said, and Bartimaeus jumped up and ran to Jesus. Jumped up. You know that this year is a a leap year? What does it mean to leap? It means to jump. Let this be a year where we jump. Into the more of God. More than what he, we, more that the more that he has for us. He doesn't want us to be begging on the side of road. He wants us to have more, more of him. See, it means to take a significant jump or spring a long way. Bartimaeus jumped. He made a significant jump into his destiny. Are we willing to take that step of faith and jump into the more? I want to be all that you've called me to be. I want to manifest your glory greater than what was last year. I want to represent the power of God more than what I did last year. I want to represent the heart of God more than what I was last year. I want the compassion of God for people more than what I had last year. But it demands a greater yielding and a greater surrender so that God can do his perfect work in my life. But it demands a response of yieldedness and surrender. I love that song, and and the worship team can come up. It says, Here is where I lay it down. Every burden and every crown, this is my surrender. This is where I want to be. I lay it all down for you. I lay down my doubts, I lay down my fears. And I put on your robe. I I lay down my heaviness and I put on the robe that you have placed. You promised that you will take my robe of heaviness and you'll give me a garment of praise. What yoke have you been under? What ungodly burden have you taken on yourself? If there's a burden that God didn't give you to carry, why are you carrying it? Because that yoke is heavy. The yoke of the world, the identity that the world gives you, the false identity that the world gives you, the identity that you put on yourself that I have to perform, I have to do this, I have to gain people's attention, that is a heavy cloak to bear, And it will suck the life out of you. But when you throw off that burden, when you throw off that cloak, that false identity, you are able to run fully unhindered in the identity that God has placed, in the purpose that God has given to you, in the destiny that God wants you to f- fulfill. But you have to take off the old in order to put on the new. You have to do it. See, God says, these are all my cloaks that I want to put on. But if you don't take the old off and receive the new, I can't give it to you. But if you throw aside that cloak and you run to Jesus, He will give you His identity and from that identity comes your purpose. See, people say always, oh, let's go for my purpose. And when I found my purpose, my identity will come from it. It doesn't work that way because then it can be stripped. But if your identity is in God and you are following Him and His desires become your desires, then you see, oh, that is my purpose. It mean doesn't mean that God gives you a, a personality transform takes old no it means that his purpose for you complements who you are Don't allow failures of the past to dictate your future Don't let your blindness and being a beggar stop you from following Jesus Take it off and follow him I want you all to stand. See, when God, when Jesus calls, he expects a response. Now you can respond and say, no, this is a response. I'm just going to sit here on the beggar and I'm going to beg. That's a response. Or you can say, I'm responding to your call, Jesus. I'm throwing aside my old and I'm running to you. But it only starts when you accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Maybe you said, I've always just been the one looking and looking out, I've seen other Christians, I've watched their relationship with God grow, but I've never entered into a relationship with Him as my Savior. And today I say, Jesus, take my sin, come and he, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my independent self that I can live this life according to the way I want to. I, for, I ask you to forgive me And I ask you that you come into my life. And I choose to make another decision, not to make you just a savior and and forgiver of my sins, but I make you today Lord of my life. See, Bartimaeus saw Jesus as his savior, but when he encountered him, He responded to the call of Jesus. He had already said in his heart, Jesus, you are Savior. But when he responded to Jesus face to face, he said, Lord, Rabbi, my teacher, I want to follow you. Don't just make Jesus your Savior, but make him your Lord. Walk in your true identity and your high calling. Maybe it's a renewal of your devotedness to God. Maybe it's a rededication of your surrender. See, maybe you pulled back because of disappointment, hurt, and betrayal. And you say, God, no. I don't want to. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay here to this point. But God says. Don't make that an excuse. Choose to walk in forgiveness. See, Jesus was betrayed. But yet he still chose to live a life, yielded to his father. Maybe you had expectations that never came through. Maybe there was a word of God that was spoken over your life and you didn't see it the way it should have come to pass. But, like Pastor Troy said the other way, delay is not denial. See, in that time where it's not, you still believe in God, you're still choosing to walk in faith, you're still choosing to walk in, uh, in obedience, you're still choosing to walk in yieldedness. This is a place where God is working out all the old in your life in order so that you can carry. The manifestation of that promise. See, God spoke to Joseph in dreams and said, your family's going to bow to you. You're going to be the Lord. But he went to the pits. He went to jail. He was falsely accused. All these things happened to him, but yet he still remained faithful to his father. He still remained with integrity. He still represented his father. So at the appointed time, God was able to lift him up and give him the cloak of power and authority and wisdom in order to reign in Egypt. Amen. Amen. Yield. To the workings of God in your life. Yield and be transformed. Don't resist those times. Don't resist those difficult times. Heal to them. Respond to them. Allow God to work His perfect work in your hearts. Where is it that you need to yield? What is it that you need to let go of in order to walk in the fullness of what he's called you to be? Maybe this is your first time leaping. Maybe it's leaping a step of faith into the new that God has for you. Maybe it's a new leap, but it requires trust. It says, God, you lead. I trust you to lead, and I will follow. Let's leap into a greater manifestation of what God has promised us. But let us let go of the old and put on the new. It's a new year, it's a leap year. Let us jump, let us move forward, let us follow. Let us put off the old, the old self-image and put on the identity of Jesus. Just close your eyes. Jesus opened Bartimaeus' eyes. And he saw who Jesus is. God wants to open up your eyes and give you a fresh revelation of who he is a new side of him, a new character, a new area, a new revelation of who he is. Not of the old. He wants to give you a new revelation because this, we build on the old. It's the foundation we're building. But this revelation that God wants to bring to you is what you need to carry in this next season of your life. Take a hold of that. This is where I want to be. I lay it down. I lay down religion, I lay down duty in order. I lay down the comfortability and the safety of it. It's not, the, it's not religion, it's not reading a prayer, it's not reading a scripture, it's not going through the, the, the rhetorical things, it's having an intimate relationship with Jesus face to face. Is letting go of our agendas and allowing God's agenda to come in. Take off the heaviness. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come under me and you will find rest. What is it that you want to give to God? What is it? that God is requiring of you today. Just like he said to me, take that bar out so that I can lead you. Are you willing to follow me into new areas of your life? Maybe God wants to show you, maybe you're used to God showing up and doing things in a certain way and now God says, I'm going to shuffle it all up And I'm going to do something differently and you're going to trust me. You don't know how I work with you right now, but trust me. It's not the old, but it's the new. God is saying, take off all the old ways. Take off the old cloaks and follow me. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you. And we say, Father, we lay our crowns at your feet. You do not, you will not share that glory with us. So we lay it down so that we can carry your glory, so that we can carry your presence. Father, they don't need my touch, they need your touch. And Father, I pray for everyone here, whether they, they, they have their hands out, whether they're in the front or they bend it down, wherever they are, our Father, I ask you that you will touch them, that they will have a fresh revelation of who their Father is, that they have a fresh revelation of who you are. Father, this year, the beginning of the year, as Bartimaeus He threw off his cloak aside. He jumped up, he came to you, and he chose to follow you, and he never turned back. And Father, this day in January, we say we choose to follow you. We choose to yield to you. We choose to yield to your new ways. And we say thank you, Father, that the old has passed, and the new has come. Father, we just give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. We thank you that you've clothed us in your robes of righteousness, the robes of reconciliation, that we can have a relationship with our Father. We yield our lives to you, Jesus. We choose to die to ourselves And we choose to identify with your life, life of obedience, life of surrender, a life of yieldedness. We bless you this day. We give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen.